Well, good morning. I was teaching, of course, a series entitled Relationship Tune-Ups, and we finished that. We taught one message that was uh, geared towards just everyone realizing that God loves us with, with an everlasting love. Then we went to uh, our response to God's love uh, for us and to us. Uh, we uh, gave you five things that men could do uh, that God requires us as men to do as husbands. Uh, we went through that. And then we talked about the power of an obedient wife. Uh, we covered that. That ended our series. And then I felt led to, that we needed to talk about the what ifs. What if uh, the relationship is not working? And so the fir- first message in that, which was a week before last, was entitled, You Follow Me. So regardless of uh, if there was happening with the other person in the relationship, you follow Christ. Uh, I was going to extend it just a little bit, uh, but I, I decided not to because I asked people for questions, and um, I got some questions. I have questions myself that uh, I've gained through the years that I could share with you. Uh, but as I looked at those questions, it was about, we had about 30 or 40 questions. The thing is that they are unique to individuals. They're unique to situations, and we could uh, be going over those, but it's better to go over those with someone who is going through that situation. So I decided to teach on what we can do to be ready for any situation. It really doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter uh, what you're going through. It doesn't matter what your situation is. God has an answer for you. So how do we really tap into how to handle anything that the enemy throws at us? How to handle anything the world throws at us? How to handle anything our flesh or somebody else's flesh throws at us? How do we handle it? That's what I want to cover today. So uh, today is the first day of spring. Everybody know that, right? Yay, the first day of spring. It doesn't feel like it, does it? You know, but it's the first day of... Now, yesterday felt like the first day of spring, you know. Uh, but uh, we praise God for the different seasons of the year. And so um, I was talking to people who plant uh, flowers and things like that, to sell flowers, sell shrubs and things, and, and they were uh, telling me about this is a great time of year. This is, this is the time of year to start planting. And, of course, we have things we need to plant out around our sign, and, and we have things we need to plant at home because we have annuals and things like that. And uh, so I said, well, uh, this is a good time to plant what God has for us. Do you realize that what you plant is going to grow? Do you realize that? Do you, do you realize that uh, if you plant, say, tulips, you're not going to get a box of wood. Do you realize that? Okay, okay so <laughs> uh, the title of the message today is What You Plant Is Going to Grow. Okay. 
What's going, what you plant is going to grow. And this title right there, uh, we, we, you have to realize that uh, in, in, in God's kingdom, he tells us to plant because he wants us to, he wants us to really uh, uh, gain what he has for us. So we're going to uh, go to the, I have some pictures for you, uh, because uh, I bought some seeds one time, and, and, and the, these seeds, I don't know whether it's on the PowerPoint or somewhere on the PowerPoint. Uh, is it on the PowerPoint, baby? Not on the PowerPoint? Okay, it's not on PowerPoint. Let me, let me give you a word picture. <laughs> I have a, a, a little package of seeds, and when I plant those seeds, then I get, you know, the flowers and things like that. When I plant uh, bulbs, we, we have some bulbs growing in our, around our light post uh, near our house at home. We didn't plant the bulbs, but somebody planted bulbs. How many know what bulbs are? Okay, uh, uh, the, the bulbs were planted by a previous owner. We tried to get the things out of the thing because uh, uh, they, I think they are tulips or something. They, they, are, they, are, they are real nice flowers. Uh, but the problem is that we didn't want them. And we wanted something else. And every year, it comes up. I don't know where they come from. We, we dug around. We took up all the bulbs we could find. I mean, it was a I mean, hundreds of books. How many know that what you plant is going to grow? Okay. Now, the three things that I want you to remember today is that we, we want to plant our lives in Christ. Okay? We want to plant our lives in Christ. Number two, we want to plant our submission to Christ. Number three, we want to plant really our service, our service. We want to plant that with Christ. We want to plant our service yoked to Christ, actually. So let's, uh, let's go right into it. Let's turn to Matthew. We're going to look into uh, <clears throat> the 11th chapter. Verse 28. And I, I might call on you just, just in case. Just in case um, <clears throat> you don't, you don't um, so, so you won't be alarmed. I might call on any one of you anytime to come up and um, repeat some of those three things, okay? All right. you, you, you got, you, do you have them down? You got them? Okay, you got them, okay. All right. What was the first one? Plant your what? Your life in Christ, plant your submission to Christ, plant your service yoked to with Christ. Okay, all right, you got it. Praise God! Wow, <laughs> good. Verse twenty-eight. Come to me, all who are weary, and King James might say labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. And learn from me, for I am gentle and humble and hard, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Everyone's familiar with those three verses. Now, I want to apply them today to just the uh, series that we've been going over. Relationships, um, 
relationship tune-ups, and also how to handle the what-ifs. How to handle the what-ifs, okay? You're going to be ready for it. Let's, let's start back with verse 28, the first word, come. Come. That's an invitation, isn't it? Come. Come. In Revelations, if, if um, you can turn there, it'll be on the screen if you, if you don't have your Bibles, okay? Uh, Revelations 22, uh, verse 17. The Spirit and the bride say come. It's an invitation, isn't it? Come. Let the one who hears say come. Let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who wishes to take water of life without it's an invitation. It's an invitation in Revelations. Well, he also gave us a revelation in uh, the, the, one of the prophets, Isaiah. Let's look at Isaiah 55, verse 1. He tells us there, Ho, everyone who's thirst, come to the waters. You know, sometimes we think that the waters are somewhere else. And you who have no money, come, buy, and eat. Come, the invitation, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. It's an invitation for us to come. Come. Come to him. Because he says in the next word, come to our friends. Well, see, we're talking about now how to handle any situation that comes up in relationships. It could be your relatives. It could be uh, your, your loved one. It could be uh, your parents. It could be your children. It could be uh, your mate. He says to come to me. That's what he says. Come to me. And I think a lot of times uh, we don't do that because we have learned uh, through the world system that there is help. Outside of Christ. First. And there is help outside of Christ. Uh, but I would say that Christ is the one who directed you to go to that help. That's what it should be. There is help to me only in Christ. Because Christ would direct me to this person, to that person, to this situation, to that situation, to this book, to, to whoever. He, he's going to direct me. But I find that this book here is where the living waters are. And I try to devour this book because this is the living waters right here. He tells me in Hebrews that the word of God is powerful. It's sharp and in a two-edged sword. It's able to pierce even the vice of the soul and the spirit of joints and marrow. It's the discern of the thoughts and the intents of the heart, isn't it? The word of God is active. It's active. It's alive. So as we put this word of God in, if we, if we let's say, plant this word of God, what's going to grow? Okay, whatever he, whatever he sent it for. Didn't, didn't he say that also? Didn't he say that for my thoughts are not your thoughts, my ways are not your ways? Didn't he say that up in uh, uh, 55 also? For as the heaven is higher than the 
uh, earth. So are my ways higher than your ways, my thoughts higher than your ways. Didn't he say that? Then he said, as the rain and the snow comes down from heaven and was the earth and returns not there. But it, it does what? It was the earth causes to spring forth a bud that may be food for the eater and what? Bread for eating and what else? Seed for sowing. Do y'all have one of these? I'm, I'm, I'm just asking now because... because I'm expecting y'all to be quoting with me. That's what I'm expecting now, okay? Because I say that you can be prepared to handle anything the enemy throws at you, anything a relationship throws at you, if you have this word in you. And you don't have to worry about sinning if you have this word hid in your heart because that's what the Bible says. I've hid a word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Is that correct? So I'm saying that God tells us to come to him. Come to him. Don't go somewhere else first. Don't, don't, don't go, you know, just different places. Um, you know, as I have given everybody the airline landing principle, you know, the airplane landing principles, or the harbor-like principle, or, you know, the principles of how to make decisions. I gave you seven of those. I've given you those through the years, right? I can call on anybody, and you could come up. You've been here, not a guest now. Those who have been here at least a year. I can call on any of you, and you could answer. Is that, that correct? Okay. I see one nodding the head, and the other's laughing, okay? You know, you, know, you, you know me well that I'm not going to call on you, don't you? Okay. All right. Sometimes we go to God to counsel before we go to God to counsel up. Because uh, one of those was uh, in making decisions was, well, does it agree with the word of God? That's a good one, isn't it? In making decisions. That's a good principle. Does it agree with the word of God? If it doesn't agree with the word of God, what are you going to do with it? Not going to do that. Okay. Another one was that the that, that, that Holy Spirit witnesses with our spirit. Is that correct? And the third one was that uh, passed by godly counsel. You know, that's what a lot of times we do first. We pass by our friends, our, uh, whoever is a godly counselor. I mean, they, they, they are Christians. Um, but sometimes they are not where they're supposed to be. Do you realize that I'm not where I want to be? I'm not where I used to be, but I'm not where I'm going to be either. And I know that most people are not. Is that correct? Then, you know, it's better to go to the source before you go to somebody who's going to tell you something uh, about the source, go to the source first. Uh, I'm sure you understand that because most of you have children, a lot of you have children, and you don't want your child going to somebody else in the youth group asking them what they should do about the situation. That's godly counsel, isn't it? If they're, they're okay. Is that right? Before they come to you as a parent. Is that, is that correct? You don't want them going to somebody in kids' church asking them what they should do about a situation that's, that's godly counsel. I mean, you know, they, they're, they're Christians. You don't want them asking them before they ask you as a, as a, as a parent, do you? Nor do you want, uh, I don't care if they are, you have children that's 20 years old. You don't want them going asking somebody else, some of their, their, their friends, before they ask you. Because that's all that's in the Bible, isn't it? 
See, now you, you, you don't, you're not responding. Oh, that's in the Bible, isn't it? Okay. Okay. Who asked their, the, 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 the young people that grew up with them and gave them some advice, and he wouldn't take the advice of the older people? They called them elders. They were older. They were not, not position elders, but they were just older. Who was that? Okay. That, that was, that was Rehoboam, who was the son of Solomon. Okay. He took the advice of the, the, his, the people who grew up with him. And catastrophe. Isn't it? Separated the 12 tribes. They're still separated. Still separated to this day. Because of that going to the wrong person, wrong source. So I'm, I'm just telling you how whatever you plant is going to grow. Whatever you plant is going to grow. Also, if you want to be ready for any situation, any situation, I don't care what that situation is, all you have to do is devour this word, learn this word, apply this word, and you have the answers you need. Let's go back to Matthew, chapter 11. We just covered three words so far. We got plenty of time. All who are weary and heavy laden. Hmm. Now, he said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. Sometimes in relationships, it wears you out. That's what I mean by weary. You get tired of the situation. You know what I'm saying? You get tired of, of, of the same old, same old all the time. What do you do? He said, he said uh, I want you to come to him. He knows you're weary. He knows you're worn out. He knows you're tired. He knows you've been working hard. Now, the application here, the... the well, the reason is here is because the Pharisees, they will put heavy burdens on people. Heavy burdens. And if you look at Matthew 23, uh, you'll see that. Verse 1 through 4 says, Jesus spoke to the crowds and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees have seated themselves in the chair of Moses. Therefore, all that, that they tell you, do and observe. But do not do according to their deeds, for they say things they, and do not do them. They were hypocrites, in other words. They say something, but they don't, they don't do it themselves. They tie up, listen now, they tie up heavy burdens. Heavy burdens. And lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves are unwilling to move them with as much as one finger. I mean, like one finger, they're not willing to. See, what the Pharisees used to doing, uh, they would get all these, these uh, uh, laws of Moses, was that, you know, mosaic laws, and they would were, they were put it, say, mm, I don't, what does he mean by uh, a Sabbath day journey? I wonder what does he mean. Well, I tell you, let's figure it out. And they'll, they'll make a lot of other little laws. And after a while, they got all these burdens they put on the people, and they wouldn't lift them whatsoever. Not whatsoever. They would put, and if you picture, uh, uh, let's say, a, a donkey, 
If you put too much, if you put a piano on a donkey, he's not going to be carrying a piano. That's, that's a heavy burden. That's a heavy burden. Too heavy for him, see? And that's what they were doing. They were putting things on him that were so heavy. And that's back to 28. It says, you know, you come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. It's an inner tranquility. It's, it's a, a calmness. It's a refreshment. Really, uh, some theologians say uh, verse 28 is really speaking of salvation. But I'm applying it to what do we do when we're in these situations, in these relationships, the all what ifs, what do we do? That's what I'm doing that with. Take my yoke upon you. Now, let's stop there. Uh, a yoke. What does the word yoke mean? It could mean a lot of different things. It could mean uh, an acre of land, you know, that an oxen could plow in, in a day's time. It could mean, you know, a pair of oxen. It could mean uh, this being. And I went on the Internet, and they, 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 they told me how to make a, a yoke. Uh, but I didn't have time. Last night, like a yoke, you know. But, but it's, it's a beam of, of, of wood, and it has curves in it on both sides so that those curves go on the, on the neck of the oxen. And, and most of the time it's oxen, uh, but you can, you can do it with other, other uh, uh, beasts also, uh, but uses oxen. And it has a, a place to, to fasten a beam to a, a, a wooden pole, and this pole is attached to a cart or whatever, a plow, whatever you're doing with oxen. And um, how many pairs of oxen did um, Job have? That's just a thought. That's okay. That's just a thought. Uh, he had a lot now. He had a lot because he was, he was rich. But anyway, uh, this, this, this yoke, we have to realize now, you have to know that because he says, take my yoke upon you. Now, that means that they must have had a yoke on them already. Was it a yoke on them? Yes, because the Pharisees have put this burden on them, and they, they put this yoke on them, so that's what they call them. Also, uh, let's think back to, to Israel when they were in captivity in Egypt. You remember that? When, he, when, when God brought them out uh, through, through Moses, he said, I'm going to break the yoke off your neck, and then you're going to be able to walk erect. Yeah. That's what God does. And that's what he does for us, the church. He takes the yoke of all the things that, that the world says we have to do uh, and that we think we have to do uh, to please him. He says, no, 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 no. Uh, take my yoke upon you. And so we, we look at this yoke and we say, well, God, I don't even want a yoke. Have you ever told, told God that? I don't want a yoke. Now, how, how do you tell him that? You tell him, God, I don't want, I don't want to do anything. You know, I, I, don't, I, I don't want to love this person that's unlovable. I, I don't want to go through suffering. I believe that uh, there should be no suffering in Christ. I believe that I can confess suffering away. 
What do you think? You know? No. Uh-uh. See, we're at, at Cornerstone. See, see, see. We're at Cornerstone. So you already know what the scripture says. You know? We are called to do what? Suffer. We're called to suffer. Because he left us an example, didn't he? And we should follow after him. That's found in Peter. That's right. Y'all got it right. Okay, okay. First Peter, chapter 2. That's good, okay? Uh, now, this is very important because, see, what, what we're talking about here is that you're going to have a yoke anyway. Hear me now. You are going to have a yoke anyway. I'm going to have a yoke anyway. A yoke also is, they, they are hardships, they are burdens. God didn't say that, hey, I'm going to break this yoke off of you. Just come and walk with me. There will be no more yoke. He didn't say that. He says, take my yoke upon you. That's what he says. So that means that there will be going to be some obligations in Christ. When we, come on now, are there? Yeah, there are going to be some obligations. When we submit our lives to Christ, we said that we said that um, that's one of the things that one of the three things you have to submit your life to Him. When you submit your life to Him, then there are going to be some obligations, there are going to be some burdens, there are going to be some things that we're going He's going to expect us to do. Do you hear what I'm saying? And so I I I don't want to do anything. Do you? I don't want no burdens. I don't want any obligations. Do you? I know you do. Do you? Come on, talk to me. Do you want an obligation? I'm trying to be honest. You know. I would rather to not have to do anything. I would rather... Uh, not to have to screw up the kitchen floor. I'd rather not have to uh, be concerned about love languages. See, there's relationships, right? We're talking about how to, how to make sure we can do anything uh, to overcome what the enemies try to do and what the flesh try to do, what the world system try to do in relationships. Uh, and if I have to remember, everybody's love language. Because, see, I know that sometimes that when I'm relating to you, you don't think I care about you because I'm not speaking in a language that you uh, are familiar with. In other words, if acts of service is one of the things that, that you, um, is your love language, and I don't come to the hospital to visit you because I sent the, the, the visitation team to the hospital, uh, you get upset with me because I didn't come to the hospital. I didn't do an act of service to you. you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you really believe? Do you really believe that these things happen? I'm, I'm telling you. I'm telling you about relationships now. I'm telling you how to handle. It. We talked about love languages as far as husband and wife. We talked about that. But there, are love, if if your wife has a love language, don't you think that that she still has that same love language with other women? Don't you know that still? Uh, uh, if her best friend won't spend any quality time with her, her best friend, you know, uh, doesn't call her or do anything, don't you know that she gets upset? 
So I'm telling you that, that these things are real, and what God is telling us to do is that you're going to have to have some things you're going to have to do. You're going to have a yoke in me because you're going to have to be concerned about other people. You're going to have to be compassionate about other people. You're going to have to have a fruit of the Spirit operating through your life. You're going to have to love. You're going to have to have joy. You're going to have to have long-suffering. You're going to have peace. You're going to have goodness and kindness and temper. You've got to have these things. So there are burdens still with Christ. And if we think we're going to not have a yoke, we are mistaken. We are going to have a yoke. But he says that, Take my yoke and learn from me. That's, a, that's what we call an example of um, discipleship. When Jesus Christ asks you, I want you to learn from me. When he called his 12, he said, he said follow me. Follow me. I'm going to make you fishers of men. Follow me. Those are his disciples, right? That's, that's what God wants us to be when he says that, Learn from me, then he wants us to be his disciple. And how do we learn from him? We learn what he says, what he does. Let's take just one example. There's a, uh, a situation where some people uh, in Christianity, they get, they get uh, married and, and then one partner dies. Uh, so now they are left without a husband or without a wife, a situation like that. Uh, sometimes you have a, a mate that's there, but they're not there. Do you hear what I'm saying? In other words, the absentee person, they're in the house, but they're not there. They just don't do anything. They don't do anything. Okay? So uh, what does God say about that? This is just a question that has come up through uh, the many years of, of counseling, things like that. It comes up, what do, what, do, what do I do? You know? What do I do? What do I do? You talked about... Uh, uh, Pastor, you talked about the men. That was one of the things you said the men are supposed to do. Matter of fact, it was number three that you said they're supposed to do. They're supposed to be just like Abraham. They're supposed to um, command their children, their household after them. They're supposed to be imparting to another generation. You said the men were very important. That the enemy is trying to get the men out of the household, and that the man's supposed to be the head of the household, and that the enemy comes. At the, at, the, at the lady, it comes at the, at the wife and at the children. And I don't have a husband. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Who's going who's to be responsible for protecting me from the enemy? You know, Genesis chapter 3. Who's going to protect me from Satan? Who's going who's to protect my children? Who's going to be uh, 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 teaching my children the next gener- generation? What am I supposed to do? That's a question. Isn't it? Is it real? Let's turn to Isaiah. 54. Verse 5. Plant your submission to Christ. Plant your submission to Christ. The word of God. We planted our life with Christ. We'll say. But we have to be submitted to his word. We have to plant our submission to Christ. Verse 5. Now, it's talking about 
Judah. They were in exile. And they were viewed as a wife separated from their husband. And eventually, of course, you know, God was going to restore them. So that's, that's why this here. I'm just taking it out of that context. I'm telling you what the context of this is in. I'm taking it out of that context and I'm putting it now in the context of this question. Because God speaks to us through scripture. Even though he's talking about Judah. Even though he's talking about bringing the children out of exile and they are now in exile. So uh, they are away from their husband. Um, God can speak to this single parent. Because her husband died. Or he's there but not there. For your husband is your maker, whose name is the Lord of hosts. And your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel, who is called the God of all the earth. For the Lord has called you like a wife forsaken and grieved in spirit, even like a wife of one's youth, when she is rejected, says your God. You know, there are, there are ladies who are married that their husband have rejected them. They're still in the same household. Do you know that? I mean, I've had, you know, teachers tell me. I was teaching school. They, they'll tell me about situations, you know, and I try to give them the word of God on it and, and encourage them and things of that nature. Um, I'm telling you, they exist not only in Lynchburg. They exist in Tennessee. It exists in Canada. It, it exists everywhere. We have some examples of that. Now suppose this wife was having her devotions and she is reading through the Bible because that's what, that's what we're supposed to be doing, isn't it? Reading through the Bible. Okay. Or if you haven't never read through it, read through the Bible. And if you read through it, read through it again because you, 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 you need to, unless you have a photographic memory. If you have a photographic memory, you read it one time, you're okay. And she opens up and she's reading this thing and she gets across this thing right here. And wow, God speaks to her. Can you imagine the comfort the Holy Spirit has given her? Can you imagine that, that if, if she had girlfriends and, and ladies who friends and they said, well, it's going to be okay. I understand your situation. And, you know, to do all the things that we're supposed to do as, as human beings, comfort. Do you know no comfort is like the comfort of the Holy Spirit? None. Your friend can't comfort you at 3 in the morning. Can't, can't do it. Can't do it. But God can. This is just an example of what I'm trying to tell you is that we have to take his yoke upon us and then learn from him. It's a call to discipleship. It's a call that... God, I, 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 I want to devour your word because I know you're going to speak to me. Also, I know that I need to be able to point somebody to you. I need to tell them that, hey, you need to plant your life in Jesus Christ. You need to uh, plant your submission to Jesus Christ because what's going to grow is, is, is just fruit. I mean fruit. I mean fruit. It's going to grow. Let's look at uh, John. Let's go to the, uh, the, the Gospel of John. Uh, let's look in chapter 15. And let's look in uh, verse 5. 
I say that, praise God, if I have to have a yoke, I want to be yoked to Jesus Christ. That's who I want to be yoked to. Do you realize you're going to wear a yoke anyway? You can wear one anyway. So you better come to the, to the, to the one, your maker, who loves you with everlasting love. Never leave you. Never forsake you. Verse 5 says that, I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him. See, we've already planted our life in him. The Holy Spirit, who's God, is in us. He bears much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You can do nothing. If you're yoked to the world, you're not going to be doing anything. You're not going to be doing a thing. And if you're not saved, automatically you're yoked to the devil. That's in 1 John. Okay? So I'm telling you that we need to be excited about being yoked to Jesus Christ. We need to be excited because apart from him, we can do nothing. So if you can picture two oxen, and, and they are, the, 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 the yoke is to, to make sure they pull the burden uh, evenly, okay, and, 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 and they get it done uh, without a lot of effort on one particular animal. And so when we are yoked to Christ, Oh, my God, we are plowing with Jesus Christ. We are pulling with him. And you know as well as I know, he's going to be pulling most of the load. You know that? He's going to be pulling most of the load. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. Now, as you are doing that, if you look over uh, in the next chapter, 14, verse 27, you probably won't even have to turn your page. When you're yoked to Christ, what happens is that you have peace. So even though you got a heavy burden, even though you have problems in this, this relationship, whether it be your co-worker, whether it be uh, an in-law, I don't care who it is, even though you have situations coming up, God says that if you come to me, if you are yoked with me, if you learn of me, I'm going uh, to feed you by the Holy Spirit, and we're going to walk through this thing together, and you will have peace, and you will be fruitful. Because he says so, you're going to bear much fruit. And so therefore, he said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, not the peace as the world gives you, because see, the world gives you peace that everything has to be doing, everything got to be hunkadory. Everything got to be peaches and cream. Everything got to be good. If I have a good day, a good hair day, then I can have peace. God says that everything doesn't have to be going your way. It can be turmoil. It can be everything going on that is contrary to what you have read is supposed to be going on and that you won't be going on, but you can have peace because you're yoked to me. That excites me. You remember the song, It Is Well With My Soul? And that song was written by somebody who's lost 
loved ones, is that correct? But it was well with your soul. How can it be well with your soul if you have lost loved ones? How can it be well with your soul? Because you're yoked to Christ. Christ, you, you, you got the comforter inside of you. You all are walking this thing out together. And your peace is not because everything is going well. Your peace is in him. It's his peace. So if it's his peace and he's in me, it becomes my peace. Number one was, you need to plant your life in Christ. Is that correct? Number two, you need to plant your submission to Christ. And number three, you need to plant your service yoked with Christ. Yoked with Christ. Let's look at it uh, back in, let's go back to Matthew 20, uh, 11, and we are on 29. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. You'll find rest for your souls. Oh my goodness. You see, he's gentle. It's like a yoke on your neck, but he puts like love between the yoke and your neck. And so you don't even feel it. You're pulling a load, but it doesn't seem like you're working hard. Because the last verse says, my, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So my obligations and, and, and the things that, that I have to do, they are easy. We don't have the, the, the Pharisees to, to tell us, oh, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do this, you got to do this, this, this. He boils this thing down. All you have to do is do one thing, love others just like I've loved you. That's all. Let's forget about these, these you know, all oh, this stuff you have to do. Just do one thing. One thing. And then I'm going to help you do that. If, if you would just rest in me, I'm going to walk you through this love walk. I'm going I'm to walk you through it. And doesn't he do it? He, he does it. He does it. But we have to stay now yoked to him. We have to stay in him. Because when we want to jump out of the cart, it gets rough. It gets rough. We get in the flesh, don't we? How many have been in the flesh with me? Okay, three or four of us, okay. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> the rest of y'all in the flesh anyway. Already, because you lie, see? See? <laughs> Find rest for your souls. Rest for your soul. Oh, my goodness. Great rest is in Hebrews. Oh, my goodness gracious. Chapter 4. Oh, that, that's, 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 that's the rest chapter there. Oh, my goodness. Let's look at verse 1 of Hebrews chapter 4. It says, therefore, let us fear. Let us fear if while a promise remaining of entering his rest, any one of you may seem to have come short of it. For indeed, we have had good news preached to us, just as they also, but the word they heard did not profit them because it was not united by faith in those who heard. For we have believed 
For we who have believed enter that rest. Just as he said, as I swore in my wrath, they will not enter my rest. Although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. Do you know his, his, his works were finished from the foundation of the world? He said, it's finished. It's done. I mean, it's done. Six days, done. And everything is good. It's done. And all we have to do is plant our lives in him. All we have to do is plant our submission to him. All we have to do is plant our service yoked with him. That's all we have to do. And we can enter that rest. Because it says that, for he has said somewhere concerning the seventh day, God rested on the seventh day from his works. And again, in this passage, they shall not enter my rest. Therefore, since it remains for some to enter it, and those who formerly had good news preached to them failed to enter because of disobedience, he again fixes a certain day today, saying through David, after so long a time, just as has been said before, today if you hear my voice, or hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, now Joshua took them into the promised land, but that wasn't rest. You see, that wasn't rest. If Joshua had given them rest, would, he would not have spoken of another day after that. So there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For the one who has entered his rest has himself also rested from his works. As God did from his. I'm telling you, God doesn't want us uh, heavy laden. He doesn't want us, you know, burdened down with heavy burdens. He doesn't want us trying to do this, trying to do this, running here or there. Don't have time to get in his word. Don't have time to worship him. Don't have time to pray. Don't have time to uh, get in the word and just confess the word of God. In other words, agree with the word of God. Underline something that has to do with some of your situations, some of your challenges. Underline those things and say, you know, God, I get angry too much. You know, I get in the flesh when I get angry. Things don't go my way. So I'm going to start confessing James that says that, you know, um, I'm going to be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Because the anger of God, anger of man does not work the righteousness of God. That's what it says. So I'm going to quote this thing. I'm going to quote it, 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 I'm going to quote it. And then when this situation comes and I start again, I feel it, I feel it coming. Then what I'm going to do is, 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 is just remember this word. Remember this word. And keep my mouth closed. That's what I'm going to do. Sometimes we fail, don't we? Yeah, we fail. Sometimes we fail. But it's okay. Because if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to what? Forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness, right? So therefore, praise God, I can be cleansed. I can go back uh, and, and try it again. After a while, you're going to stop getting angry. Okay? Like you used to be. After a while... You're going to start getting angry, and the thought going to hit you, don't do it. And you say, okay, won't do it. See, that's the Holy Spirit. Won't do it. After a while, you're so long-suffering, people say, what happened to you? You have changed. Daddy, you have changed. Then you start being able to, uh, uh, you know, it's God. He's the one who did it. I'm yoked to him. I just... I just plan, I start planning the word of God in me, because the word of God is, is, is alive. I start planning the word of God, and, and what came up become righteousness. You know? 
right standing, meaning I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I have righteousness imputed to me, but then there's another righteousness that I have to do what God has called me to do. Okay. Who's ready to come up? Run up to me. Okay, I know. I'm not going to call on you. I'm not going to call on you. Three things. I said if, you do, if we can remember these three things, we can apply them to what God has called us to do. We can handle it in the situation. In the situation, we need to uh, plant our lives in Christ. Okay? So we need to get saved, don't we? We need to get saved. We need to make sure we are saved, and, and we need to uh, make sure we're uh, working out our salvation. That's scripture, so don't, don't think I'm a Pharisee. Uh, but you do have to work out your salvation. In other words, you have to, you have to do what it says uh, in the scripture because the scripture says you add to faith this and this to this and this and that because you make your calling sure. So all I'm doing is just quoting the word, okay? Uh, but you can, you, you, it doesn't mean that you have to uh, work for salvation. Obviously, we know that we are formed in theology, so therefore we, we know that uh, salvation is by grace alone, isn't it? Not by works, that's in a man should boast. That's the scripture. Okay, but the scripture does say that, so it means something. And we've already talked that one time or another. We have to plant submission to Christ. Okay, learn from him. Learn from him. Take his yoke upon you. Okay, and we need to uh, plant our service yoked. Okay. Yoke with Christ. So we want to be yoked with Christ. And if we, as we're doing that, all I'm speaking of is that the word of God, Jesus is a word, isn't it? You get in this word, you devour this word, um, don't let anybody tell you, don't let anybody tell you that you can go without being in this word. Don't you let anybody tell you that because they are deceiving you. This word is very important and this word has to be a part of your life. It has to be. And I think if we, if, if we remember those things, I don't care what situation comes up. Uh, uh, somebody can ask you, uh, here's a question. Uh, should I hold, should I, you know, my daughter wants to date, uh, and, 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 uh, uh, and I want to say, okay, I want to ask this young man, what's your intentions? Is it to, is it to marry my daughter? Well, uh, I'm only 16, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You know, um, uh, should my daughter hold hands with him? You know, that's a question that you can ask what you, what you get. Should I hold hands? Because the scripture says uh, in First Corinthians, I think it's chapter 7, says do not touch a woman because of all the immoralities in the world. Don't even touch a woman. Okay. You got to know, and, and I've been teaching you all along, you have to know the scripture in proper context, don't you? You know that that scripture does not mean that I can't say, mm-hmm. right? Is that right? Because that's why we'd be like a Pharisee, won't we? Right? We try to take uh, what that says, don't know the meaning, and make up a meaning for it. Okay? So somebody tap, uh, in a youth group, they tap a girl on the shoulder, and she go home and say, uh, Daddy, Daddy, that fellow touched me. He did, and you go get your out of, out of your gun case. You get your gun. <laughs> Where did he touch you? Where did he touch you? On my shoulder. <laughs> these are these are just questions. Now, the scripture answers all those questions, doesn't it? 
See, that's why I didn't want to go over all the questions that possibly could be, because those are questions that some people ask. You know, what age should about my um, son be before he, he goes out and, and takes a girl on a uh, um, uh, group date? He's coming to pick up, but they, they're going, coming as a group. You know? All those things. Should they date or should they court? You know, what happens if um, uh, this person, like a, a person from, I was in Uganda, and I was asked this question. They could marry more than one person. They had more than one wives. And in Africa, uh, in that part, during that time of year, uh, this is back in the 80s, and um, they said, well, what do I do? Uh, you've been teaching me about the word of God, and, and you said that, that you're supposed to have one wife. You know, what, what am I going to do? I, I have three. And it's legal in, in Africa. What did I do? These are questions, aren't they? These are questions. And so, uh, but do you know that the Holy Spirit is going to show you? He will show you. See, I, I don't have to answer all those things. All I had to do is just say, hey, go to the counselor, the capital C. Go to him. You know, be yoked with him. And you will find the answers. Okay. Let's stand. Thank you, Father. Praise your name. If there's anyone here that you haven't given your life to Christ, today is the day of salvation. That was the first one, is to plant your life in Christ. God's arms are open. Jesus says, come. The Holy Spirit says, come. The bride says, come. Come. Let's bow our heads. Anybody here that haven't given you life to Christ, just raise your hand and put it back down. And um, I'll see the hand and I will pray for you. Anybody? If there is anyone here that you say, I've given my life to Christ, but I I, I just haven't been living for him. You know, you've been talking about the word of God. I don't get in the word of God. You know, I just I just haven't been doing it because uh, I'm just doing my own thing. And I want to I want to come back to my savior, come back to the one who I I made covenant with. I want to give him, you know, I gave my life to him. So I want to rededicate my life to him. If that's you, just raise your hand and put it back down. I'll see the hand and I'll, I'll, you know, pray for you. Anybody like that? Okay. Okay. Father, we thank you for the, the hands that was raised. Would a prayer team come up? to respond to the, to the message that something is touching or, or you want healing or you want uh, standing in for someone else need prayer then you can do that you can come up here and pray uh, and I want the two people who raise their hands I want you to come up to the couple over here and they're going to pray with you to rededicate your lives to the Lord if you do that um, don't be embarrassed 
process. That's what God will have you to do. has balls on an extremity uh, I want you to come up and get prayed for also okay